This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's my show. Hey. Put a little I never get this line out the first time. It's not even good. Hey, put a little, put a little bit more in there, cowboy. And the bulldog. What's your degree in? Kicking ass and taking names. <laughs> On WGR Sports Radio 550. Oh yeah, we are. Uh, I would say we're at cruising altitude. Here on uh, on the show this yeah. afternoon, Nate Geary in for Mike Show. I am the bulldog. Pleased to be joined right now on the Western Hotline by our buddy Tyler Dunn, GoLongTD.com. Tyler, what is happening? What's going on, fellas? It's a pleasure, an honor, long overdue. Thank, thanks so much for having me. It is, it's always our pleasure. You know that. Um, so you are, when are you, you're heading, are you heading to Arizona? Yes. Yep. Uh, Monday will be flying down there for the whole week so yeah it's uh it's super bowl week baby it's yeah a lot, a lot of chief stuff a lot of eagle stuff but yeah. uh we know we know where the bread is buttered so yeah you sure nfl centric stories you don't want to hang back it's eight degrees you can <laughs> i think you could work remote yeah yeah you know what it's so beautiful out it's just not, nothing like getting a little frostbite on, on a friday afternoon she's one of those why in the hell do we live here days yeah. i know yeah. I, nobody wants to talk about weather but the last time we did one of these, I think it was the snowstorm, right, Chris? It was yeah, that's pro- that is pro- that's pro- that rings a bell. Yes, indeed, I think so. Well, look, we'll, we'll we'll get to the Bills, and uh, of course, um, uh, the Super Bowl. Um, you know, a- as we go here, um, because you know, the, here's an off season that is couldn't be more different than last off season, right? Like last off season, we were just talking about this as we got to the break here, Tyler, that it felt like, you know, well, you did everything right. You botched 13 seconds and like, that's a, that's a scar. That's a wound, but no, I I wasn't certainly. I don't think a lot of people were thinking, Oh, I I need to change this and that and all these things. It's just kind of like, yeah, okay, just don't do that again. Uh, Keep the band together. And I like your chances. And that was kind of the off season approach. You know, what are they going to draft? Well, they need a corner and probably draft a corner. They drafted a corner uh, with their first round pick this off season, getting bludgeoned in the snow at home, not by the Chiefs, but by the Bengals, who we all assumed after 13 seconds the Bills would have stomped in an AFC title game that never happened here in Buffalo. Now it's sort of like, I don't know, I don't think much is going to happen now that we're almost two weeks out, but there's a lot to talk about here. There is. I, I know it. The, the emotion out of you know getting bludgeoned by the Cincinnati Bengals, as you aptly put there, it, it feels like the Bills are further away from the Super Bowl than they were this point last year, you know, for, for good reason. It's, and a lot of it is what Brandon Bean alluded to. It's, it's money. It's the fact that you can't just go out and start handing out blank checks like, like you have been with that rookie contract at the quarterback position. But I don't know. I feel like this Super Bowl matchup is just 
uh, it, it can be a sign of hope, right? I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs, they inked Patrick Mahomes to the, it was a team friendly deal, don't get me wrong, but it was a whopper of a deal, right? Like a half billion, uh, 10 years, whatever it was, yet they managed to think two, three years down the road. You know, Patrick Mahomes ran around the field for 497 yards before he threw the ball or was sacked in that Super Bowl loss to Tampa Bay. And I think at that point, Brett Veach, Andy Reid, they, they really took a long-term uh, approach to things. And said, Look, Tyree Kill is going to want a lot of money at some point, but we're going we're gonna to get to this number, and we're, we're not going to budge from this number because we've got to rebuild the offensive line, and we've got to kind of spread that money around to different players. And that's, that's what they did, right? They swung the deal for Orlando Brown Jr. They, they get Joe Dooney at guard. Um, they – they let Tyreek walk, and they get a lot for him in draft capital, and then use that money on Marquez Valdez Scandling and and Juju Smith Schuster. You know, a one year prove it deal for a really good player. You draft well. I mean, that helped, right? Maybe draft better players. So, I, I think that it's either you know inspiring or demoralizing for a Bills fan to look at how the Chiefs have kind of kept things humming along. But the Bills are just going to have to get creative to keep competing here because you can't just spend money at this point. Yeah, man, the the contributions the Chiefs got from their rookies just in the oh. AFC title game alone were kind of it was, it was another thing to make you feel lousy about that game, Tyler. I, I said earlier this week, and I've never experienced this. Uh, you've probably heard it plenty in your job. I know I have in in mine. Uh, fans who after their team is out are like, I I'm I'm too I'm too pissed off. I'm, I can't even watch. That that had never happened to me until like the first five minutes of the AFC title game between the Bengals and the Chiefs this year because both teams were doing things to one another in that game early that the Bills seemed incapable of doing against the Bengals. And that made me feel terrible. Like, I, I, I did not turn it off. I stuck with it. I have a job, uh, professional obligation, blah, blah, blah. But I'm telling you, if I didn't have a, a, a stake, you know, if I didn't need to see it, I would have turned it off because it just really made me feel sour. Well, I think because you're seeing what the plan was in Buffalo, a pass rush getting after Joe Burrow. I mean, that's why the Bills spent like crazy for Von Miller and drafted D-linemen nonstop. They got it, right? You need to find a quarterback and then find people to make that quarterback's life a living hell. And by the time the Bills got to that point of the season where they had to do exactly that, uh, that they weren't able to get to Joe Burrow. I mean, he he barely broke a sweat in that game. He completed passes to, what, seven different receivers by the end of the first quarter. So, yeah, I, I don't know. And in theory, like, they did the hard work. You, you used the draft capital. You signed Von Miller. And I think that's probably the feeling you're getting. It's like, okay, here's Chris Jones with eight pressures. Three of them resulted in sacks, two by him, and the other five were incomplete passes. And here's a team picking at the end of every round, and Trent McDuffie – tips the ball on third and 17 that could have been completed. Sky Moore, that second-round pick, has the 29-yard punt return that sets up the, the game-winning drive. Br- Brian Cook, right, he had the diving outstretched tip for an interception. And, oh, there's Isaiah Pacheco running like his life depends on it. He was a seventh-round pick. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it would be kind of demoralizing. I, I'll say this, though, Chris. I, I'm really – I'm feeling good about this Bills fan base because after this loss, as opposed to previous playoff losses – I get the sense that the locals here demand more. They're not just okay with division titles and, you know, ra- raising the banner for 13 wins. Like, that's all great, but the expectations have changed. Like, it-, it should be Super Bowl or bust. That's a good place to be. And I think the fans are rightfully pissed off. They, they deserve more. Um, they deserve a Super Bowl. 
and it, it's right there. And that window, it doesn't stay open forever. So, yeah, they should be mad at fourth and two punts out of, out of that game against Cincinnati. Well, you're mentioning, Ty, like a lot of these really good performing draft picks. And then you look at that Chiefs defense. Well, I mean, was their entire secondary outside of Juan Thornhill rookies in that game? Especially, I think they had an injury early in that game. Um, and then you look at a guy like Chris Jones, who just dominated that Bengals game at the point of attack against an offensive line that, I mean, shoot, this Bills defensive line didn't even, I mean, barely got to Joe Burrow, much less win a one-on-one or win a, a double-team battle up front. And I think that, to me, when I watched the beginning of that Bengals game, seeing two three-and-outs and Chris Jones just be unblockable in that game, I think some of those things became really demoralizing. I think I, I think I tweeted out like a Tony Soprano gift, you know, like kind of given the the under the chin, uh, you know, kind of the flip off thing. Because I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, how do you have three first round picks on that off on that defensive line, and then you look at what Kansas City did against three three backups, and and sort of leave yourself wondering, like, you're talking about the draft for the Chiefs. They did really well and have done really well, even finding guys late in rounds. And then you look at where the Bills have invested, and you have not seen the same yields. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I don't know how much time we have on the segment. I didn't <laughs> name the players. I mean, Joshua Williams, 135th overall pick. He's the one who corralled the tipped pick from Brian Cook. And then Jalen Watson, the 243rd overall pick. He had his uh, second interception of the postseason. So it's, it, it is possible to get contributions out of your rookie class, and they're going to have to get those contributions. You know, it, I think where it gets really interesting, you know, we've ta- talked a lot about the Chiefs. You know, let's look at Philadelphia, where Howie Roseman, as the GM, I mean, they loved it. They hated him out there, and then they loved him, and then he gets pushed out by Chip, Chip Kelly, and then they love him, and then they hate him, and now they love him again. And I, I just think it's so wild that, you know, the Eagles – they're not Howie Roseman specifically. He isn't afraid to admit mistakes. Um, they they had two absolute whiffs at wide receiver, right? I mean, JJ Arcea Whiteside, Jalen Rager. I mean, you took one over DK Metcalf, the other over Justin Jefferson. Uh, That's right. Usually GMs <laughs> would get pretty gun shy at that point. Nope, screw it. We'll take Devontae Smith Heisman winner out of Alabama, and then oh, the next year we're going to uh, trade a first and third or fourth-round pick for A.J. Brown, whatever it was, and hand him $100 million. And, oh, yeah, we, we gave Carson Wentz the most guaranteed money ever, $107 million, and he doesn't look like himself anymore. Let's just take this, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts out of Oklahoma. Yep. You know, that's a good value, and then he's your starter after one year. So I think that's kind of where the Bills have to be, too, is, look, it's, it's okay to just remove ego from the equation just because you drafted a player, maybe you traded up for a player, you know, they got some hard decisions to make on Tremaine Edmonds and then Ed Oliver down down the road. Um, I get it. Those are high picks. But are these players getting you over the Super Bowl pump, you know, at the dollar that they're going to demand on the open market? I'm not so sure. All I saw was Cincinnati rolling downhill at will against both of those players in the middle of the Bills defense. Yeah, no doubt. Tyler Dunn, GoLongTD.com is where you find his work. He's on the Western Hotline uh, with us here on on WGR. Do you have a sense, Tyler, whether it's from talking to the, the, the players you've got contact with, that, 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 that these guys are maybe shaken a little bit by the coaching staff, by their by by, by their own failure, um, like I I think I saw something. I, I think it was from McKenzie with you, uh, 
referencing how Diggs said something along the lines of this keeps happening. Like it's always it, it, the same, the same thing keeps happening or, or something along those lines. Forgive me if I've got that botched. Um, do you think they have issues? I mean, I know how the fans sound. I mean, you're, you're talking about the fans deserving some credit for having high standards. Um, you know, but we're powerless. Um, not that the players have sway, but they certainly are more involved directly than we are. Do you think this coaching staff still has everybody's attention there? I really don't know, to be honest. Um, I haven't talked to, to many players since the season ended. You know, typically they're on the first flight out of here. I don't blame them. <laughs> go, go somewhere warmer. Go to Cabo. You know, whatever, it is, whatever the case may be. I, I think that they're, they're exhausted. They're exasperated. They're frustrated. Uh, they've been banging at the door here for a while now. This is, what, four straight years of putting together a team that can realistically contend and falling short. And I, I don't, I don't get the sense that there's this feeling like that was it, like that, that's as far as this group mm-hmm. is going to go, because you have Josh Allen. You know, he's one of the three right. or five best quarterbacks in the NFL. You're going to contend as long as he's your quarterback. But I, I think that it's that mix of man, not not again. Like here, here we are again, um, and you know we're in a playoff game, and we're 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 punting, we're conceding at times. I, I bet you that there's some frustration with how the game is called. From the, from the head coach. Maybe, maybe that's what Dick is alluding to. I'm not sure. Uh, but I think on top of that, yeah, it's it's everything that happened in Cincinnati as well. I mean, that was a traumatizing yeah. event with DeMar Hamlin. I mean, just, just to hear Davis White after the New England game, my God, he's in tears. He says he closes his eyes and he's thinking about it. The commercials come on. He's still thinking about it. It's just – that's hard to shake. I think that that mm-hmm. definitely affected the team in a, in a, in a way that they're just – glad that they can finally relax and get away from football and and maybe recharge for next season but it, it's going to be tough i mean when you get down to the brass tacks of the roster and all of the needs they have uh, it's hard to see exactly where they're going to substantially improve it's going to have to come from within right or the draft right i mean and that and that's why like i i think this team was crying out like mike was there for already two seasons, I think, uh, another receiver, another receiver, another receiver, and they wait till the fifth round. I mean, they, they took their swing with Jamison Crowder, too, but Shakir in the fifth round, and they keep Isaiah McKenzie, let Beasley go, and boy, it's a pretty tough look when you're, you're the Super Bowl favorite from, like, last March right through the year, and you're bringing back guys that were basically retired. I mean, Beasley and Brown, like, that just says it all. Like, I, I give the Bills credit for doing it considering how it looked, right? They, they, they weren't too proud to say, like, okay, well, this, this is it. This is the best we can do. Uh, Beckham's not coming to save us, so let's try Beasley and Brown again. But, man, it's glaring that, that they need an upgrade there. And so, you know, this offseason, I think, draft season will be a lot about getting someone, whether it's a slot guy, an outside guy, but somebody to push all, all of those guys behind Diggs. I mean, this current regime has never drafted a wide receiver in the first three rounds, ever. I mean, that was – Zay Jones was when, you know, Doug Whaley and my, my co-host Jim Otis were still kicking around in the second round. And I, I don't know. I, I get it. You know, Sean McDermott wanted to rebuild the defense in his image, which is, which is great, but what, what did that get you? You know, the last three playoff losses, 122 combined dropbacks for Mahomes in two games and Burrow in one, and I, I think they, they sacked him, like, what, four times, five times at that? Um, it's, it's not really amounting to much 
in the games that actually matter. Uh, regular season rankings are just that. You know, you can mm-hmm. you can feast on the the Jets and the Dolphins. You know, your division foes in, in the middle of the season, great. But you know, what, what are you doing in these playoffs? It's all about the playoffs. It's all about the Super Bowl. It was like it was that from day one, right? Being a Super Bowl favorite as long as you just noted. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think they'd be, personally, I think they'd be nuts to take another defensive player in the first round, but I, I think it's pretty obvious that the head coach's fingerprints are all over these drafts. I mean, don't forget that he was there before the GM. I, I, I really gut feeling think he, that Sean McDermott has the final say in there, mm-hmm. uh, but at some point, even he has to realize that you need a weapon, and when it's third and two against Cincinnati, and it's this, what, second-to-last play in the third quarter, and you go deep to Gabe Davis, and he has the ball tomahawked out of his hands. Like he, you, could, you, you can only ask so much of Gabe Davis. He's a fourth-round pick. Right? Get, get, some, get some dudes out there for Josh Allen beyond Stephon Diggs. So, yeah, they have to draft receivers. I, I don't even think it's a, a debate. It really shouldn't be a debate internally. Having said that, Tyler, where do you stand on the, I guess if it's, if you want to call it a conversation, the Ken Dorsey conversation, because I, I think the same anxiety exists around you're in a Super Bowl window and you hired a first time play caller. So you have to sort of ha- like have a little leeway, right? You got to have a little bit of, of kink in the chain there or, or, or some length in the chain for a guy who's never done this before while combating the fact that you have a a window that's minimizing it's closing it's not getting bigger not with Josh Allen's contract like how do you combat those ideas saying like well you got to give this guy time but he's also a you know like y- y- you've got a window here that was maybe one of the more stranger things we've seen this year right right I think we all assumed all right Dable to Dorsey same offense same quarterback same weapons that things would just kind of seamlessly truck along because this is what Josh Allen wanted and that's smart to to think about this offense through your quarterback. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was – I don't care if the numbers look exactly the same. Anybody who saw the games could see with Brian Dayball there was a rhythm. Um, there was a short to intermediate passing game. There was a flow, you know, one play kind of setting up another. Yep. And with this, it was really boomer bust. It was they, – they were hitting their bombs, great. Right, even the Miami game, they hit the two deep balls. That's what kind of won the game on offense, but there really wasn't any, any rhythm. So, I – to answer your question, I, I, I think, yeah, another year will, will help. It's got to help. But you do need that short to intermediate passing game kind of serving as your running game because, you know, you're not really getting a consistent running game. You, you don't really want to run the ball 30, 40 times with this offense. I, I get it. But you do need those six-yard plays, those seven-yard plays, those eight-yard plays. And uh, you're not going to get it out of Cole Beasley at, at this point. Right, that was that was desperation, you know. But right before they actually signed Cole Beasley, somebody told me that the front office was just outright panicking. Like they knew they had this team that could win the Super Bowl, but they were missing this element of their offense. They just didn't. They just weren't getting it out of their current receivers. So, how do you get it? Yeah, I think you have the draft players, and I don't think that firing Ken Dorsey is going to fix anything. But I'm with everybody else. I, I was shocked the offense just looked different with him as OC. It looked different, and I think if you watched the first, I think I saw somebody post the the numbers for Stephon Diggs in the first half of the season compared to the second half of the season, and they were eye-opening. I mean, he was one of the best receivers in football through eight games, and then it did not really appear to be the same way. So teams started defending the Bills differently, and it just didn't feel like they had a lot of different answers. Like, how many times, 
I can think of like five scenarios, five situations right at the top of my head where they ran that little RPO play. It's just Stefan Diggs on the right side. He lines up on the right-hand side. I remember it from the Thanksgiving game where he throws the interception to Anzalone, the linebacker. Um, I'm thinking about it three times in the Bengals game where the Bengals just said, yeah, we're jamming the hell out of Stefan Diggs in the line of scrimmage. Good luck completing it. And there was no rhythm, and it just feels like – you saw Gabe Davis have all this potential in that playoff game. He's playing from the slot. He were moving him around. They were featuring him. Dawson Knox led the league or was tied for the league lead in touchdowns in the red zone. And then that didn't really start to come to fruition until week 15. Like, it just feels like you look at these players, and this is part of the Ken Dorsey conversation, Tyler, is like, part of me says, you saw a bunch of guys take step backs on, steps back under you. Am I okay in thinking, like, even if you add DeAndre Hopkins to this offense or a big splash, that you're going to be able to maximize that when you couldn't maximize some of the weapons you already had. As you're talking, Nate, I'm I'm trying to remember when the Bills ran a screen pass, right? Successfully, none, yeah, never, the, never. Uh, right? The majority of their screen passes end with Josh Allen throwing it at somebody's feet. In the dirt, yeah. yeah. Just like, ah, this isn't here, crap. And, like, that happens from time to time to everyone. Everybody, but... like, that is the Bills... That's their go-to screen pass. It's like, up, abort. I feel very confident in saying this, Tyler. I don't believe they completed a screen pass this year. Nothing comes to mind. And all we heard all offseason was that they wanted a running back that was, you know, a pseudo-receiver. I mean, I remember hanging out with Chase Edmonds, and he was so close to signing with Buffalo, and he didn't because the taxes were so bad at New York State. Um, J.D. McKissick, that fell through, obviously. Uh, they, they take James Cook, and they wanted Travis Etienne, what, the year before. Um, I, I still believe that, that they wanted to add Etienne to this offense. So there, there's a counterfactual for you. But they've, they've never really been able to find that weapon. And then when they, they trade for one, they don't even use him in Naeem Hines. So I, that would seem to be a good place to start. It's like when things aren't going well on offense, just find, get, get some layups, right? Get to the foul line in basketball. Like if the jumper's not falling, find something easy that you can just – go to and and they they never really had that this past season so i think to, to fix the offense for ken dorsey that seems like a pretty easy place to start right i mean somehow get in a room with josh allen your backs and figure out ways all right when things are all haywire this is what we're going to go to to kind of get back on track and uh i feel like you could do that with the players that they have on the roster so james cook if you're looking for a sign of hope i feel like he's going to have a huge role next year or at least he should you, you would think you know, intellectually within the offense, he's going to be able to go full speed from week one, and, and maybe he is a player who can kind of help you get to another gear. Tyler, we're almost out of time. Let's circle back to where we started. Thoughts on Kansas City and Philadelphia. You're headed out there. Um, wh- what do you think here? I mean, the, the betting line was pretty interesting when it first was posted Sunday night. was Chiefs and then back to e- uh, right to Eagles pretty quickly in like 20 minutes. Um, so it could be a tumultuous week with that in mind. Um, what, what are your just sort of broad thoughts on this matchup? I, I know we all uh, count Patrick Mahomes out at our at our own peril. Uh, he is, you know, the best player on the planet. A player that the bill the Bills liked a lot a long time ago. Well, he's he's not going anywhere. But I, it's going to be hard for him to do what he did against Cincinnati against Philadelphia. I mean, this pass rush is elite it's it's unbelievable i mean they've got seven eight guys they just cycle through that are that they stay, they stay fresh i mean four or five legit pass rushers he's not going to be able to I, I think he won't be able to just kind of stand there and get the ball out quick 
um, played to play to play to play. I mean, there's, there's going to be a rush. They're going to get him off his spot. And then on the other side of the ball, the Eagles just they, they play a different brand of football. I mean, they, they, they want to bludgeon you. They want to drag you into the back alley and club you over the head. I mean, they've got a running game with an offensive line coach it's creative schematically. I mean, these linemen are kind of hitting you at some different angles than other teams do, and they're really good. I mean, they're all pro bowlers up front. Jalen Hurts is a threat with the RPO stuff. Miles Sanders is a 1,200-yard back. Kenneth Gainwell looks good now, and Boston Scott seems like he scores a touchdown every other game. So I think it's going to be hard for the Chiefs to get accustomed and used to that style of football. It might take them a while before they're able to kind of settle in and and, and figure out what Philadelphia is doing. So if you were to you know put a gun to my head right now, I'd, I'd say Philadelphia wins this. All right. Safe travels, my friend. Um, enjoy the scene out there, the Radio Row scene. And it's, uh, I don't know, you, I'm sure you've done it before, right? Yeah, yep. Uh, we'll be oh. doing some Radio Row stuff and with the Eagles, with the Chiefs. And, yeah, if anybody wants to uh, subscribe to GoLongTD.com, we'll definitely have a lot of NFL you know, feature stories out there as well. Good deal, man. Safe travels, and we'll catch up when you get back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t